let's see here. Just waiting for the gameplay to kick in. Uh, all right, I think we're uh, rolling here. Looks like we're live. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is show number 247, your place for some fun Xbox talk and more on Sunday nights. I'm Invader, and I am back after taking last week off. I had Canadian Thanksgiving festivities to attend to, but hey, it's great to be back. I'm pretty refreshed. Uh, for this show, however, lots to talk about on this roundtable. Scorn has finally released. We'll give you our thoughts on this, this psychological horror title. Also, Microsoft and Meta announced a new partnership with VR and Cloud Gaming. Does this deal mean anything going forward for Xbox? Well, we'll talk about that. And Phil doing some uh, shelf teases. Will uh, we be seeing some new hardware in the future? Hmm, we'll discuss that. All this and more. But first, let me introduce all of my illustrious panel members, starting off with Centurion. Brother, how you been? I'm doing pretty good. I'm playing some games, Mass Effect 3, checking out Scorn, uh, getting ready for Ghostbusters Spirit Unleashed. Don't know why. I'm looking forward to that game. But, uh, man, it's been a little bit... Let's just say last week we didn't have you here for the conversation, so I'm excited for tonight's conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, hey, thanks for holding down the fort last week. Uh, you did pretty good there, buddy. I appreciate that. I'm... <laughs> I feel like I was spray painting the walls and causing a mess. <laughs> all right, all right. No need to get messy. No need to get messy. You know, we're we're a pretty clean show. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, good stuff, man. Good stuff. And I uh, can't wait for uh, the conversation, especially with Scorn, because uh, I know you're looking forward to that. All right. Moving on down the list here. Tim Dog, buddy, how you been? Been good. I've uh, been... Uh pretty crazy couple of weeks with i was uh, going to a lot of mets games and they blew, blew uh, watching them and the end of the season they blew it so that was kind of depressing but other than that um uh, you know good spirits uh, i got a lot to talk about we got some good subjects today and uh i can't wait to talk about scorn mm-hmm yeah, well, hey, bud, don't worry about uh, your team blowing it. Uh, I'm not really a, a baseball fan per se, but uh, those Blue Jays, ooh, let's just say they really, uh... <laughs> oh, man, that was bad. <laughs> oh, well, but uh, moving on down the list here, let's see, Mr. Crusader, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. And Tim, listen, I'm a I'm a Pirates fan in honor of my grandmother, so I understand teams blowing it. <laughs> they never had something to blow to begin with, but like you know. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, this week's been pretty good. I've been playing a lot of a lot of horror games and a lot of Peggle. If anyone knows what Peggle is. Um, oh yes. Yeah. Peggle. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was watching a, a, a YouTuber streamer named Doug Doug, and he always does these, like, Peggle things with his chat, and I was like, I want to play some Peggle now, because I'm very easily influenced <laughs> into things. Um, I will not be here to chat for the Scorn discussion, because that game literally makes me ill to look at. It's just too <laughs> gross for me. So I will be back for the chats after that. So just so no one's confused as to why I'm not giving my input on Scorn, it's because I, I can't. 
physically can't. I have I have the gameplay that Invader has up on the screen over on my monitor that's turned off so that I don't see it, but I can still see chat because I have a sliver of the window on my on my turned on monitor. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Don't worry. Good. Hey, it's not for everyone, honestly. I I get it. So no worries. I'm sure a few people in the chat feel the same way. Uh, but you know what, dude? You're a bad influence on me. I've got myself a whole bunch of Magic the Gathering uh, commander decks just because of you. No, I'm just kidding. Being a 40k nut, you know, I, I and you know, I kind of like collectible cards too. But uh, man, it's I'm addicted have, right now. I have 25 sealed commander decks sitting on a cab uh, on a bookshelf on my wall, so I understand. <laughs> yeah by the way i also picked up uh, a couple of the special mats too the battle mats whatever they're called uh oh, the 40K. play mats yeah yeah the play yeah. mats for uh yeah there's a couple for 40k that got released so uh picking those up tomorrow picking them up nice Mm-hmm. yeah all right moving on down here general mld buddy how you been hey uh doing pretty good here been playing uh some october themed games lately just uh uh, games like Metal Hellsinger, Resident Evil, Re Resident Evil Revelations 2, nice little spin-off game, Bioshock Remastered, Proteus on Game Pass, and I already started scoring, but we'll play that. Fin I think I'll finish it next week. It, that game is it's something else, uh, we'll, but we'll get into that pretty soon. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, I have been diving into scoring as well, as you can tell by the gameplay. Uh, so guys, uh, Shockley may or may not be joining us. He's, uh, out partying it up at the moment, but, uh, he, he may, uh, stop on by. Uh, quick reminder to everyone tuning in to hit the like button and share this out, as it really does help us with the algorithm, and hey, just let more people know that we are currently live. But guys, with that said, uh, let's get straight away into things, into some of these topics, and, uh, guys, let's talk Scorn. Uh, a little title that we've been waiting for for a while. It's finally out on Xbox and PC. It's available through Game Pass. I've been seeing a lot of uh, varying reaction to it, but hey, I'm curious what the panel thinks of this nightmarish uh, title. <laughs> I, I guess the nightmarish is a good word for that. Um, again, I've spent some time with it uh you know, I could go back and forth on it. Uh, Centurion, but I'll hit you up first, as I know that you've had this one on your radar since it first got announced. Have you spent any time with this game yet? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? Ah, yes, I've spent some time in this game. Um, I put about four and a half, five hours into it already. I'm judging from the achievements list and the fact that I am in a fight right now for the fourth gun. I'm pretty, I'm wanting to say about three quarters of the way through the entire game. Um, obviously from saying about, you know, putting five hours into it, it's not going to be the world's largest barn burner, but that's where definitely, I'm not going to say it's a horrible game, but it's different. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more story, um, a little bit more interactiveness uh definitely you are just like spat into this world with not even so much of a introduction or a tutorial and you just gotta fumble your way around uh once i figured out the first puzzle it's kind of started kind of going from there 
um, and just going along with the whole theme of things, uh, figuring out the combat. I mean, it's definitely not one of those titles that you're just going to go in and shoot everything in sight. You got to pick your battles, especially in the beginning, because ammunition is so scarce. Um, your ammo clip, the like the the spare ammunition you could carry on you is not infinite. You can only fill it up so much. Um, I'm wanting to say that the game is more of an art piece at least in my opinion i mean it's been very interesting to stare at um definitely a very good homage to uh hr geiger um and for any of you who didn't know who hr geiger is that is the individual who was responsible for all the concept art and some of the uh the background art and creature art in the original alien movie um because he had a very very good blend of being able to blend the human form with mechanical horror style. Uh, I mean, if you go and look at some of his art, his art is definitely very, very interesting to go look at. Um, and this, this, this is definitely, there's been moments where you're sitting there like, Oh man, I get those vibes like you'd get from alien um, and pre and other alien movies. Uh, you can also just, it, it is a very, very grotesque game. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, the fact that you're pushing a creature around with full intent of you are going to completely mutilate this creature um, to to somehow get machinery to turn on to open a door. Um, it is definitely a little bit of a blood and guts game. Um, I could see why uh, Crusader It's not his cup of tea. Definitely, um, it's, it's a very interesting concept piece. It's definitely... A good thing to check out on game pass i would definitely but that's where i have to be the individual that says you know do you do you go out and buy this game i mean if you are absolutely enjoying something that is a, a simple walk around simulator doing puzzles in a very very grotesque uh nightmarish environment and, and you enjoy figuring your way through things with so, without getting aggravated at not being told how to do it uh, this is your game. Um, I'm yeah. definitely one of those that are glad that I picked it up on Game Pass. Yeah, it's been on my radar, uh, but I am glad that I am playing it on Game Pass. Um, my wife even made the joke. She's been sitting here watching me play, and that's where I kind of have to go off of her opinion a little bit. She's been watching me play. She's even asked, what is this game about? And I was like, there's no story, so it's just walking around doing puzzles. And now that I, she found, when she looked at the achievement list with me and found out I was already three quarters of the way through the game, she even asked again, what have you been doing? It feels like you've just been aimlessly wandering around doing stuff. And that's where from at least a, an outsider looking in, I'm a hardcore gamer. I'm enjoying it. There's a lot there for me to take in, but from somebody from her perspective, it, it's definitely not the game where people are going to be running to the store to go buy an Xbox for scorn. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, I can understand that sentiment because, well, it is in a lot of ways, a, a walking simulator. There's not a lot of combat. There is some, uh, but you know, a lot of it is just taking in the atmosphere, the surroundings and kind of extrapolating yeah. things. Um, I've spent about 
four hours with the game, four and a half, something like that. So I'm not as far along as you, Centurion, but I'm probably not too far off. Um, the, the combat level is starting to pick up. Um, I had I started screwing around with something that created some kind of a creature that is pretty much a boss battle. I'll at least leave it at that. And um, it was something that was completely un unexpected because, I mean, you've been going around fighting these little minuscule creatures and then every once in a while you'll encounter this one that walks around on four legs that's like a tank but all of a sudden this thing comes walking up and you realize like oh crap i'm gonna have to fight this thing and now you're like try and the let's just say when you die it's not like you just like all of a sudden get picked up and you just pick up where you died no it'll actually send you back to the very beginning of the battle so if i'm you better mm -hmm. start learning how to fight and get comfortable with the fighting style created in the game mm -hmm. you see, yeah that's what i've been seeing a lot that a lot of people are burned by the way the game saves and if you die you really get punished <laughs> um so i don't want to say it's been that punishing i'll at least defend the game not to interrupt but mm -hmm. It's like the minute you engage a door and you have finished a puzzle, the game checkpoints. So if you die between doing that and the next puzzle, which is not very, like, shall I say, like, I was not thrown back. Like, we're like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do 20, 30 minutes of the game all over again. I would probably say the longest amount of time that I was thrown back was like five, maybe 10 minutes. So it's not mm. egregious compared to, like, I mean – Dude, we all remember playing games back on the Nintendo, man, on Mario, where if you got a game over, you had to start that whole sandwich over again. Yeah, I just think it's because it's a slow game, like a slower pace. That's why people are kind of like, oh, I have to go do this again, so on. But no, well, I get it. Finding the run button was, <laughs> that was a godsend to me, finding the run button. Yeah, I'm like, oh, too. you can run. <laughs> man. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I haven't had to really do that i know what you mean though um but i mean graphic graphically i love the game and it just there's so much detail around and you really need to take in uh the environment and it just really adds to the atmosphere i mean everything just seems to go hand in hand that's why i think the game does so well is that you're looking around there's no like you're extrapolating things from everything that you see in the environment the environment is the story so you just kind of have to oh that and the puzzles i suppose but um yeah it's just like everything you know you get dropped in pretty much and there's no navigation no uh prompts no nothing and you ever you have to do everything yourself so actually in, in a lot of ways i like that actually if anything it makes it a lot more uh scary that you don't know what's going on there's no direction and you're just kind of literally alone so well the one direction thing that really made me crack up is literally i kept dying because i'm like how the hell do you get health in this game look i didn't know i was carrying it around on me the whole damn yeah. time yeah until i went on the freaking the controls chart and i'm like there's a health button what the hell mm -hmm. yeah and there's little uh booths that you can go to like if you uh if you search yeah. enough like you can find where you can like um 
you know, get like, you know, I guess, well, it's not to be squeamish, everybody, but it's blood. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's something that you like reload with health and you get these little orbs on it. And yeah, you reload it with like with blood. Um, and literally that little thing, like as you already know from playing the game, that little little handheld thing that shows you the health on top. It shows you the bullets on the side and the shotgun shells in the middle. Um, and that's where, um, you know, refilling that thing, you got to find your health stations, you got to find your ammo stations, and you can only use these stations once, everybody. It's not like yeah. you can keep going back and reloading that thing. The minute yeah. you use that station up, it's a done deal. Believe me, I tried. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I don't know, overall, though, are you uh, liking it? I was going to call it quits about an hour and a half, two hours in, but I kept pushing through and now I'm getting to that point where I've like, I'm just like, I've made it this far. I might as well see how far I could go. What's really made me keep going is the achievements mm -hmm. because it's kind of fun. You start off and everybody, you know, it's got uh, achievements for every chapter you complete and you're just watching the percentage rate for the achievement go down and down. Now to this point, I I'm getting rare achievements and only 5% of the people who have played the game have made it to this point. So I'm just like, man, I wonder how low this is going to go getting to the end of the game. I'll be honest. Uh, like I see, I've seen a lot of people get burnt out by like, again, just like the first like 30 minutes, something like that. Remember that first puzzle you're in that like big open space. And then you have like these little rooms you got to go to. And I think you talked about it too, the little guy that you get and you have to like kill him off in order to progress. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing. Once yeah. you figure once you get the guy, it's easy. It's getting the egg to hatch when you're like, when you're just staring at all those little, no pun intended, fleshy balls up on the wall. And you're like, what the hell do I do with these things? Well, there's a sequence of things that you have to do. And I, honestly like i was not enjoying myself at first with that and i think that oh no I, no and it I, is a slow burn for sure and i can understand like to be honest it's i think that they could have done a much better job at like just introducing the player to things you know start off with like smaller puzzles like i i, I thought that that was a little much personally but after i got through that i felt much better with the game and i started to really enjoy myself so but that's me, personally. Um, Timmy, I mean, I, I would love to know your opinion on Scorn, because, again, I know you're playing it. You're playing it right now, in fact. <laughs> yes. Um, the game is insane. I honestly um, am very surprised how much I like this game. Um, never really a guy for puzzles, but I find the fuzz puzzles uh, pretty good. Um, they're not easy to start. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, I went into this thinking I was going to play it for 20 minutes and then just get sick of it. Uh, it caught me from the beginning and, uh, like, uh, Centaurian really uh, summed it up well and described it well, you know, you're thrown right in the middle of it. But for me, all of that was the charm of the game so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it just makes you feel like I envisioned myself like waking up in this in this world and where it would go and what's new to me and where I could how I could get out of it. So I I played the game like that and 
Uh, the graphics are great, and it has two things going for me that, for me, uh, are big things with games, and, and they can keep me in, in interacting with them. And that's very good graphics, and maybe the best sound design I've ever heard, okay, in a video game. The sound design is absolutely top-notch. Uh, it's so atmospheric. Uh to, to go along with the graphics, the the sound, like I play it with headphones on and I am just, it's like I'm playing two games. It's like, because I'm so impressed with the, the, the sound and the design, the things that you hear, uh, like just there's so many little things that, that go on that, that are like either disturbing or scary uh, or just, odd quite frankly that the the game has drawn me in fully it is uh honestly uh i feel like you know a game you know just like movies games can have cult classics this right now is shaping up to be a cult classic for me i i would i would pay money to to play a sequel to this as far as i'm going i'm Listen, I'm about eight hours in. I'm not going to lie. I got completely lost on the last act where I had to actually go online and see what I did. But it was just a, a missing door I was missing. wasn't anything puzzle-wise because the puzzle like, just cleared real quick. But, um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fully in love with this game right now. Uh, and uh, it is the hallmark of game pass because this game's not for everyone you got a guy on the panel who really doesn't want to hear about it because it is disgusting um and it is gross and gruesome and it's you know it, it checks those boxes though because i kind of like those stuff some movies i like gore i like alien i like gary i like the design the odd design that they have um, but that's not for everyone. So here you have a game that's, you know, fulfilling me as any game would, uh, AAA or whatever. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun playing this game, and I have, and I'm having a lot of interesting uh, ways of going about it. Like the way I feel, how it is, like, and and you know, the way I'm going about it, it's really um, building up and. Uh, I haven't finished it. I'm I'm on the last act, so I'm right there. Uh, I have to say the achievements are uh, pretty awesome. I love the way they did it. They give big, giant achievements for you know pretty easy stuff. Where it's not easy, but it's it's a little trying. Um, the puzzles. There's a couple of puzzles that can be really uh, frustrating, but if you stick with them. You'll get them. But I have to say, um, this game surprised me. This game is uh, easily an 8.5 for me. Uh, it is a game that I would love for a sequel. And uh, it just, like I said, it shows why Game Pass is, you know, what it is. I, I mean, I've played Super uh, Power Washer, which I loved. I played Grounded, which it was just really cool. I played this. I played other odd games in a year that they've really kind of 
you know, missed the boat with AAA. We've discussed that already with the delays. But I'm satisfied as a gamer. I, I have to say that, you know, uh, this was a real pleasant surprise. And, um, you know, it's only 40 bucks. So I think that if you consider that and the price and what they're doing, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a fair, fair game. And I feel like the Metacritic is probably about right because you have people that aren't, aren't going to like it. Um, but still 72 for a horror, horror game is pretty good. Uh, especially a game with this type of uh, graphics, like the gore and, the, and you know, and, and the, the gruesome, brutal aspect. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, you know, happy for it. And I have to say one more thing. If there's a game to be made for virtual virtual reality, this is the game to make. It would be a perfect fit for virtual reality. Um, Ebb Software, shout out to them. Fantastic job. You have a fan. Uh, my Twitter, I joked around about it a little, but uh, there are people that really are loving this game. Um, and there are people that are justified, justifiably so... Uh, frustrating because the game in the beginning starts slow but like when you get that thing and you you do that first puzzle and you see that as centurion said that human whatever thing that is in it that you're you know you basically i'm gonna say maybe a little bit of a spoiler but just to show you how brutal the game is you basically hit a like you you do the puzzle and then you basically put a uh you smash the thing's head in and it's bleeding all over the place and you take it in a cart to another location where uh, I won't even describe what goes on there, but it's really wacky, crazy, uh, alien, uh, and uh, I would recommend it. I'm giving it an 8.5 so far. The noise that creature made when you first drop it out of the egg made my wife walk in the room and be like, what the hell is that noise? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's that weird thing right there. Yeah. Um, so you know, that that part... definitely, there's some interesting details of the environment with the noises and just the stuff that goes on. So true. I mean, I just couldn't believe when, like you said, when that whole thing happened, I was like, and then you did what you had to do, and then then that makes that noise. It really is. That's kind of really what got me, uh, got me, you know, going for the game. That's what kept me. I was just like, oh, okay, this is nuts. And from there, it's it's kept me, and uh, I'm I'm fully in. Like, I want to finish the game tonight. I'm off tomorrow. I'm, I'm on the day off. Take out sick, I think, because it was sick Friday. So I have another day. Um, I see the chiropractor or whatever and um, play this game to finish it. Mm -hmm. That's how, that's how, how, how impressive it is. So that's, you know, well, if you don't like it, don't try it. But if you want to try a game with variety, <laughs> Xbox definitely has variety right now. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, again, this is going to be one of those titles that's going to be, again, just because of the nature of it. Like, I knew going into this game from its first reveal trailer that it was going to be polarizing in a lot of ways just because of the overall design. 
you know, it's either you're going to be very curious about it, very interested, maybe, again, maybe you like, though, the alien, like, Prometheus kind of universe, uh, maybe you're into the more grotesque kind of horror stuff, like, again, I am, so, you know, naturally I was drawn to it, but, again, it's repulsive, I can understand, to a lot of people, the design, I get it, it's very, uh, when you're dealing with, uh, body parts and, like, just, uh, the overall organic nature of it, I hey, I understand. So I can understand where the reviews are. It's very, it's either really like it or really don't like it. Because again, it's going to be going off of the art style and the environment. And that environment is basically telling you the story. Yeah. Uh, let's... So the, like, just to give you an example of how gross this game is. You you have four arms for some reason, and two of your arms are sewn in between your appendix or where your stomach is. And time and time you'll see those hands come out and you're screaming and blood's flying all over the place. But what's odd was is that that's an ancient, like that's a, a form of healing that went on for a while uh, that like still to this day goes on um, where, you know, let's say you had a really bad nose, like if you had like a really bad nose cut, like you, it was bleeding and need to heal. They actually, this is weird. They cut your scalp above it and they sew it. So your, your nose is underneath your forehead and they patch up your forehead and you walk around like that crazy stuff but like i saw that i saw it documentarily on like and it's supposedly the results you get from healing are like superb like unbelievable and uh like you could like you you when you lift the the actual skin of the scalp off your nose it's like night and day fixes itself so like it has that like like intermingled and there's so many like things that make you question like what the hell is this but there's something behind it and that's what really intrigues me is is that this is these whoever made this game there's a deep deeply rooted concept in it and uh far beyond my intelligence level but it's 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 pretty impressive to say the least like i i do think there's a really deep meaning to a lot of this game and i would you know i, I would Maybe we'll reach out, uh, Invader. I would love to interview the creative director of, of, of software for this game because mm -hmm. uh, I have some serious questions, and uh, I do think that they would recognize uh, our passion for the game, and I'd come on. So something to think about. All right, I'll see what I can do on that front. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I would love to. Uh, pay... find... I'll ask him. We just got to find out who his name is. I... I, I was gonna look it up because that's how that's how many questions I have or and or wanna there like there's so many things with meaning in it. Um and uh it's just you know, it really deserves its own podcast one day if you know, a spoiler podcast on it. Because mm -hmm. like I got real questions like or what was this there's meaning to it and uh, that's what I like about it. Yeah, no, I I totally be up for that, Tim. Uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely look into that and reach out for sure. 
uh, because I, I would love to pick their brains too. There's a lot going on here, and I agree. I think that there's a lot of story to be told. So we'd definitely love to have uh, Ebb Software developers on. Uh, moving on here, General MLD, buddy. I know you've been patiently uh, waiting here to put in your two cents. I know you've been playing this sucker. Uh, how are you been enjoying it so far? Okay, well, where to start? Uh, the, the, that's a tough uh, act to follow with uh, Tim there. <laughs> no, but I definitely, I definitely had my own good time in this. Uh, like, keep in mind, everyone listening, it, it's a AAA game that barely made the classification as AAA. Sorry, double A from a small studio. It's clearly not for everyone. Like anyone who expected this to get like a ninety plus Metacritic is, you know, they they, they weren't like seeing the game for what it is is clearly not for everybody. Now, I think most of the budget went to the graphics, I feel, and I think that's, I think, the, is the strongest point because you can't, like, clamber, you can't, like, double jump or anything like that. It's You're very much walking around. You can sprint a little bit, but the atmosphere, the graphics, the mystery, it's inspired by the Alien, Alien franchise. Like, there's no hand-holding at all. So if you're kind of into that then I think that's enough to keep you going to the end because, again, it's not a very long game, like, depending on how quick you are with the puzzles. Now, I will admit, there was a wall There was a wall for me at the start. Like, I was just, for the first hour, I was literally just exploring around in the opening area, like, seeing the machines, not knowing what they did, and I was, like, this close to just, like, quitting, like, uninstalling. But then... I stumbled upon that there's this the the first major puzzle like the 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 eggs on the wall kind of puzzle and it was frustrating but part of me's thinking to myself you know I I can do this so I keep picking away at it and eventually when it clicks into place it felt very rewarding like like again like you come so close to quitting the game and then to actually do the first major puzzle it had a sense of accomplishment, I, I gotta admit, and it was a good feeling. So, it's that that kept it's, that's gonna keep me going. So, uh, so there's that. Um, a lot, yeah, a lot of it's cringe, <laughs> and th that's to put it uh, mildly. There, like you know, I, I think some uh, others touched on it already. There's parts where you, in the beginning, where you literally have to mutilate some creature in order to progress. Like when it happened, like I literally like like just cringe back in my seat. Like you feel bad for it, but you know, like in some way, you kind of have to do it to get going in the game. So, uh, like the fact that it evokes that kind of emotion that like like you feel pity for it, but also you feel like a little disgusted at, uh, at the same time. So there's that. Um, I I noticed there's there's no manual save system for anybody listening here. Uh, from what I see, it saves at the starts. Of, it saves at the start of, of most chapters or puzzles, so there will be that kind of thing to consider once the combat starts. Because in the beginning, you're just wandering around. You don't get the fight until I'd say halfway through the game, more or less. So there's that. I wouldn't call it horror per se. It's very slow paced, but it, what it does excel in is tension, like the feeling of dread or like what's around the corner, that kind of thing. Because again, you're dropped into this world knowing literally nothing and just have to go from there. So for a first time player, like there's always, there is that feeling, there is that, that, that low tension buildup. Now, I 
I'm going to admit, if this was on Game Pass, I probably wouldn't have tried it. But that's and, and because it does all the reviews, the previews, the, all the chatter online, it's very divisive, and rightly so. But I'm glad I tried it. Like, I think Game Pass Discovery is a real thing. I've played a lot of gems this year that I probably would not have played, admittedly. I wouldn't have bought them unless they were maybe on sale years later. But even then, Game Pass just makes it a lot easy and accessible. Like, worst case, you, you just uninstall. No big deal. Like, I'm still, uh, I'm going to play Plague Tale 2 and Persona 5 this month. So this month's a win for me anyway. Uh, me playing Scorn is just a, a, a nice even bigger bonus so there's that and i think a nice touch is also the achievements they're generous so that also helps like you know everyone likes a nice uh, big fat 100 achievement you know like let's not kid ourselves we all like seeing that feeling here and it tells you also how far you're going in the story at the same time so yeah i, I hear it's like a five seven hour game more or less depending on depending on if you use guides to help you or not so it's not like it's like a 20, 30 hour game, the, the uh, experiencing this kind of a, you know, like a, like a walking kind of thing. Like it, it's, it's compact. So that also helps to a degree and I'm looking forward to finishing it. It's not my game of the year. It certainly could use some improvements because again, it's a small game that look, it looks gorgeous, but it is a smaller budget game with a small studio. So there's that. You have to keep that in mind. You have to manage expectations, but that said, I'm enjoying it enough to finish the game, and there's a, enough good in here to explore for those that like the atmosphere. So, yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why a lot of people were thinking this was never a, a big-budget, like, AAA. It was a small game by a small team. It took a little while, just, be, again, because of the size of the team. Um, you know, Xbox obviously saw something in this title, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that they put themselves behind this game and, uh, you know, were able to get onto Game Pass because I'll admit, I don't know, like you suggested, MLD, I don't know if it uh, would have found an audience if it, if it wasn't on some kind of a subscription service. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I agree with uh, Tim that I think that this will be a cult hit, a cult classic. Because, again, there is there is a lot to this game, and I just feel like the way that it's being presented, uh, that, again, there is a lot to like about it. It just, again, you have to be really into the genre, the art style, and so on. It's not going to be for everybody, but I, I, I could definitely see it finding its audience. Um, guys, any other comments about Scorn before we move on? Um... Like, I, personally, like, again, I still need to go through it. I'm, I, I've probably got another couple hours to go, but uh, I'm enjoying yeah. it, but that's about it. Uh, what was that? Ah, never mind. But, uh, yeah, Crusader, if you're listening in, uh, you can probably uh, tune in now, bud. It uh, looks like we're about to clo close this off. Uh, but Centurion, just to round things out here, um is this the game that uh like you expected because i again i remember you were putting out uh, a video or two about it uh, a while back you're really excited uh is this game what you expected overall or is it uh you know is it something uh like different now that it's been released
No, not hearing. Not hearing. I don't know if you got yourself on mute, Centurion. Uh, but uh, let's see. I was on mute. Oops, my bad. What was your question? <laughs> oh my god. Oh no, I was just saying. Oh no, it's okay, man. Uh, just to make sure, like, I was just uh, just to round out this topic. Uh, like again, I remember you putting out a video about Scorn uh, a while back. Is this the game that you expected overall, or is it? Uh, like from what you initially thought uh is it like much different were you off a bit like just out of curiosity like has it um is it what you thought it was the only reason why i'm going to say i was off is because of the second the second e3 trailer where they showed like the npc character that like the moving like i i still have yet to run into that npc character i'll just say that um it's now that I'm looking back at it and really thinking about it, the there, there was a heavy focus on combat in the E3 trailers, but definitely the trailers are as advertised, walking around, picking I've stuff up. <laughs> what? I've been summoned. Yes. We're done talking about the weirdness <laughs> okay. of it. Pretty but much. It, yeah, it's no, no big deal. Yeah. It, I would definitely say, though, that the game, it, it's – what can I say? It's exactly what I, at least when they said it was based off of HR Geiger and his artistic style, that is for sure 100% there. Um, the game feels like a fantasy straight out of his imagination. Um, and it is definitely a good homage to his style of art. All right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, guys in the chat, let us know what your thoughts are on Scorn. Again, I'm liking it, uh, and overall the panel seems to, uh, well, it seems to uh, be enjoying it, albeit uh, some there are some rough spots, but uh, overall it seems to be a, you know, it's a very unique game in itself, and I, I look forward to uh, checking it out. Uh, I'll probably get more time with it tomorrow, but uh, yeah, definitely let us know in the comments. Uh, okay, we will move on to our next topic, but guys, if you haven't done so already, please give this show a like, and, uh, you know what, share out this, uh, episode, because you know what, we want more people here tuning in live. Alright, uh, let's move on to some other news, guys, and earlier this week, Microsoft and Meta announced a rather interesting partnership. Uh, this deal between the two brings Microsoft uh, staples such as Windows, Office, Teams, and most interestingly, Xbox 2 VR. Uh, xCloud Gaming will be available on Meta's Quest VR headsets, allowing Game Pass Ultimate members to stream games. Uh, let's see, let's see, who can I pick on here? Uh, Crusader Bud, uh, since you just joined in, I'll uh, pick on you first for this one, my friend. Uh, Xbox has been rather, well, hesitant, to say the least, to go into VR as PlayStation has and some, uh, some other, uh, you know, game makers. Uh, do you think this partnership with Meta is part of a larger strategy, a larger play for VR in the near future for uh, xbox and microsoft overall so i don't see a time period where you don't where how do i how do i say this um i don't think if microsoft was to ever go into vr for gaming that it will be as closed as um 
say uh, Sony's is, where it's basically Sony's headset on Sony's platform, and that's it. They, they, you know, they do have that Windows mixed reality platform, the, the, the like, set of APIs that kind of just make, like, any headset work, like, generally on PC. And going forward, that's still kind of how I see them them working at this point. Maybe one day they'll have their own bespoke one for the console. I think they would uh, uh, just make the HP reverb since they um, uh, worked on that alongside uh, HP and Valve. I think that would become the, their their console one, if, if anything. But I don't really see this as so much uh hey we want to get in on vr for our own stuff more that they want another unique platform to distribute game pass right i don't see this uh, so much as microsoft hedging their bets on vr as i do microsoft seeing a very unique storefront that they can uh offer uh game pass and through via xcloud to and for um, for Meta, you know, there there aren't a ton of what we'd call like your your core games on the the Meta Quest, right? Or, mm-hmm. or most VR headsets that you don't you don't have the core games. So this kind of offers um, Facebook something they don't have, right? And for Microsoft, it offers them another audience of people that they can they can um kind of get it, it builds a synergy between the two companies if that makes sense and that that's more of where i see this i, I see this as you know maybe maybe one day they, they partner and there is just vr stuff on the console and the vr stuff is just done through oculus right you, you buy an oculus headset and it just works with your xbox you know what i mean like that that could be the case um because I, I really don't see them investing heavily at this time in attempting to grow both a VR uh, market as well as their subscription market because those two, they won't necessarily feed into each other very well, if that makes sense. Um, they, they will a little bit, but it's it's hard, right? Once they have the subscription up and running and have like the audience that they want on it, that's maybe when you see them move to another new market to dive into, and that would be VR, because then they can use their subscription to push the the VR. But I, I just don't see both happening at once. And that's why I see them teaming up with Meta for this, because it gets them into that kind of space without them really having to do much besides get a bespoke app up and running on um, on the you know the the Meta Quest store. And I, I do think that's a really smart way to do it because they're not all in on this segment of gaming. It hasn't proven itself as a it's proven itself as a as a nice niche in gaming. Like I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's worthless or pointless or anything like that. I don't personally like VR. But that's a that's a personal thing. I know plenty of people who love VR, right? And um I, I just think that VR is too much in its infancy for them to be chasing VR directly and by doing it in this way with their service that is also still in its, I don't want to say it's in its infancy anymore. It's more like it's in its adolescence or even in its teenage years, right? It's, it's almost a grown up, not quite there yet. Um, it, it's smarter to 
still have this being the core thing that you're trying to push and get consumers to adopt rather than trying to have two things. So, so teaming up with um, Oculus, who is the the market leader in VR currently, like they they are insane when it comes to VR. Um, the 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 adoption rate. I actually was kind of shocked how how many they were able to sell during the pandemic era. It made sense because people were at home, but it was still a larger number than I expected. So seeing um. Sorry, how, how much? Uh, it was. It's in the like tens of millions, I believe. I I will look that up and and get the exact amount. But it was more than I would have expected. Um. Uh. More than I would have expected. Yeah. So in 2021, in in November of 2021, they had shipped 10 million units. In July of this year, it's about it's 14.8 million. So probably over 15 million MetaQuests, specifically the MetaQuest 2, right? Not 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 including the the, the first quest. The MetaQuest 2 has sold um probably 15 million units at this point. Pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's it's much higher than I than I expected for VR, and no other VR headset has really hit those numbers. That's kind of because Oculus has a lot of the. They have a lot of really good VR developers under their hood. Um, PlayStation could do could 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 pull similar numbers. They have also acquired a bunch of very talented VR devs. Insomniac they haven't used Insomniac yet, but Insomniac's insane with VR. Some of their stuff that they did with Oculus back in the late twenty uh, or in the mid twenty uh, tens was excellent. Um, but I just don't I I don't see it being wise for Microsoft to try to push two experimental, um, you know, two different experimental growing phase things at the same time, right? Better to focus on one and piggyback off of someone else's for the other. Does that make sense? And they're, they're growing their own subscription service while piggybacking off of Meta to have a, a space in this space. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if down the line we find out that there are multiple headsets that you can just use with the Xbox later. I'm not even talking soon, maybe not even this generation, right? But I wouldn't be shocked to hear that instead of going in on a proprietary one, they say, yeah, you know, your MetaQuest, you can hook that up and use it on your Xbox as like a default headset because of the Windows. Uh, I think it's called Windows Mixed Reality. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, the, the protocol. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the route they went and just kind of, at this point, didn't invest heavily in that space as a, uh, except for putting this content on it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of the Bethesda content that has VR content continue to get updates uh, um, as well. Because Bethesda does have fairly good VR capabilities. Um, but I don't think internally they have enough uh, of a VR presence to do anything currently if that makes sense like it's really only uh a few of the bethesda studios that have uh vr knowledge mm -hmm. yeah i mean there have been xbox studios that have dabbled with uh, vr but they haven't really gone hardcore i mean heck even 343 was uh contemplating i know that they've had some uh some little uh tests of their own for like halo vr which actually yeah. kind of looked interesting but you know that's about it right none of them have really gone all out as far and, as i know 
Yeah, I think the only major Xbox game currently that has VR support, like good VR support, um, that's that's been published directly under Microsoft is uh, Flight Sim has VR support, does it not? I think so. Yes. Like that—that that would be insane for that game in particular, because like you're flying a plane. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I I think if I recall correctly, that has VR support on PC, um, and. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if, to hear that they dabble in VR first on PC and it comes to console once they've kind of had a big enough impact on it. But again, I, I think that they want to hedge their bets on Oculus basically making this space viable, if that makes sense. Because they have. Like, Oculus 15, 15 million MetaQuest 2s sold is nothing to scoff at in a in in the VR space, that's significantly more than any VR headset ever has, and like, by, by a lot. They are investing, guys. Uh, did you see the studios that they announced that they acquired as well? Yeah, like the Armature yeah. was one of them, right? Uh, Ar Armature, the Recore yeah. developer. Uh, yeah. Camouflage, which did Iron Man VR, which, from what I understand, was all right. And uh, X Microsoft or Xbox Studio Twisted Pixel. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh yeah, like Twisted yeah. Pixel. I thought, they, I thought they didn't want they wanted to be independent. I guess not. <laughs> well, that's what a lot of them say, right? Um, but uh... so what? Obsidian said that until like a month before they were acquired. So did Double Fine. So did Bungie. They all want to be independent until they get a check that they can't they can't refuse, right? That's just how it is. Yeah, but Twisted Pixel was a weird one. Like, you know, a lot of Xbox guys, you know, love Twisted Pixel, but then it was like Cycle came out, and then after that it was like, uh, you know, it was just bad timing. Bad timing for Twisted Pixel, and uh, they want to make VR games. So, that was that. Actually, I apparently that's all they've been doing. I genuinely... Yeah, I didn't know anything about Twisted Pixel. I'm looking them up right now. They did Splosion Man, The Maw. Yeah, okay, yeah, I see that. They do, um, Comic. They do a Didn't they do that Connect game, game too? Oh, the Gunstringer. That was good. That's that was a good one. That was the best game. Mm -hmm. No, that was a really good one. I, I still have it, actually. That's, it's a, that's a really good one. Uh, no, they, they make good use of, uh, uh, that you know that technology, uh, well from Connect, and then it made sense that they would want to play around with VR. I was just surprised that they stuck with VR permanently. I don't think they've made yeah, um, more traditional last, games since. Their last four games have all been for the uh, have been for three were for the Oculus Rift, so it works on the Quest, and then uh, one was for the Oculus Go. Damn. Um. Yeah, they haven't made since they left Microsoft. They haven't made a non-oculus game yeah well i mean that makes sense then but these are like three uh, interesting studios that they picked up i mean i wasn't sure how serious they were gonna be in uh gaming but it looks like they're starting to step things up which is you know google just kind of shut down things they weren't really serious but it looks like meta might make some plays so eh, i just find that interesting uh, like, Tim, what do you think uh, with uh, this whole Meta-Microsoft uh, partnership? Because, again, it looks like Xbox uh, is, uh, again, trying to expand uh, cloud gaming and so on. Yeah, I think uh, more or less I, I do think this is more of an enterprise move than, a, uh, say, a gaming move. 
uh, because VR has a lot of applications. Um, uh, I don't know what the the exact uh, collaboration is, but uh, I don't think this, you know, if you think this is going to be the thing that gets Xbox into console space and, and have it supported, that's just not um, reality. Uh, the reality is uh, more of an enterprise move, like I said, uh, partnership with Meta. Um, to see some kind of console support, uh, highly doubt it. Uh, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, uh, as we pointed out before, um, you know, just in general, um, VR is very uh, raw. And um, personally, I'm happy Xbox's Lewis Studios uh, are all doing Xbox games for the console. I'd rather have that type of uh, leadership uh, and direction than mixed mocks of both. Uh, so uh, I don't have a problem with Sony handling VR. Uh, the cloud partnership, of course, there's going to be a lot of things in the cloud and gaming that you'll see uh, in the future, um, especially when it really starts to get better. Um, but uh, you know, uh, with VR and with console, with everything. Um, but in general, um, I don't think you should just, you should extrapolate a lot from from what it is if you're a console gamer. And I'd say the majority of the people that listen to us are just Xboxers. And uh, we're not going to be the, the company, or Xbox is not going to be the company if you want to be a hardcore VR guy. You can get it on PC, of course, but um, if VR is your thing, I'd recommend definitely Sony um, or PC. Uh, but Xbox, uh, they're they're going for the uh, traditional gaming and gaming on a cloud console mobile device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I agree with you on that. And, and again, it makes sense, especially with what happened last gen, that you know they they want to stick to the traditional gamer and so on. I. You know, I get it. I totally get it from Xbox's end. So, uh, but it just, again, it's interesting that they're uh, uh, making these partnerships. And again, I, I think they could be very fruitful and so on by expanding this way. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's good to see Meta. And, you know, they, they do have a good relationship. Uh, so in the future, if, if VR actually ever becomes a thing where it's, you know, uh, I would say there's a couple of things that need to be done. Wireless, you have to have a visor for uh, visibility other than the VR. You don't want to be shut off from the world for safety reasons. Um, certain stuff like that, like a slider or something like that, uh, where, uh, you know, I don't see it really booming off, at least for the next 10 years. I mean, Maybe in ten years it'd be something to talk about, but for me, I just I'd rather game on a device, to be honest. And sometimes VR, but I don't want that to be the primary, uh, you know, source of entertainment for myself. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Shifting over to you, General MLD. Uh, do you agree with what? Uh, Crusader and uh, Timmy are saying like what do you think about uh, again this meta Microsoft partnership because again it looks like it could uh, 
lead to some pretty good things uh, with game xCloud uh, gaming going over, like with Game Pass going over to VR. It's just uh, as an Xbox fan that just wants to see the brand grow, it, it is good news in that regard. But as someone who primarily games on console, Xbox, uh, it, obviously th this doesn't really appeal to me as much uh, on a personal level. It's more of a collaborative effort, which, hey, hey that's, that's, that's fine with me. If anything, that, that's exactly how I want them to handle this. I want them to partner up with someone else and, and grow the ecosystem that way. I don't want Xbox spraying out their resources uh, thin between VR and acquisitions and traditional gamepad-based games. I think we all kind of okay. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to upset anybody who like Connect. Okay, I thought it was a good thing back in the day. It has purposes, but I think a lot of Xbox fans. I think if you were to choose between making more uh, connect games or devoting that research and development and resources to making more gamepad based exclusives i think most core gamers would pick you know more gamepad based exclusives so i think yeah xbox should not get into vr just yet let let the market grow oculus meta they're doing their thing let them grow let them grow the market they'll, they'll do the grunt work xbox can always go in uh, whenever it's been proven or whenever they got their eggs all set with uh, the acquisitions and Xbox first parties cranking out games at a steady pace. When all that is all said and done and it's all working well, studios are being managed, we're getting tons of games every year. And if you got some, some money to spare on the side, okay, okay, let's go into VR. But right now, they're doing exactly what I want them to do, which is just collaborate and uh, stick to the resources to where... Uh, the fans want them to stick with, and that's just you know traditional gamepad-based exclusives. So yeah, that's my take. All right, yeah, that's fair. I mean, hey, I totally get where you're coming from. Absolutely. Uh, how about you, Centurion? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, Meta, Microsoft. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty uh, big partnership, I would say. But uh, again, just to see XCloud Gaming uh, getting expanded over to the uh, the uh, MetaQuest VR headset and so on, and Game Pass, lots of opportunities there. Uh, you know, what's your take on it? Well. I hope I don't offend anybody, but let's start with the take on, you know, Xbox promised somewhere, somehow back in the Xbox One X uh, design that there was going to be some kind of a VR. And that got nixed real quick uh, because I'm, I'm with Phil Spencer on that. Um, VR is not where at least I would like it to be where he would like it to be. It involves um, <clears throat> a lot of proverbials, uh, equipment, wires. Uh, we've jokingly in certain crowds call it the electric octopus because of just how many cords were involved, especially with the PSVR one. Um, looking at some of the titles like uh, the, the Horizon Zero Dawn uh, VR game, um, you know, it's Horizon Zero Dawn, but it does not look anything like a console version of Horizon Zero Dawn. It looks like a very rudimentary version of it because it's VR. Um, I mean, it's good to see that Xbox is wanting to at least dabble and do some partnerships and see what VR has to offer. I've always been one of those to say that 
Xbox should allow somebody like the Oculus to come in and and handle the hardware support at least for VR on the Microsoft side because I mean general MLD kind of hit the nail on the head we're putting all this time effort and money into an emerging concept um playstation i'm sorry but if you want to see the woes of vr look at playstation i'm not trying to dig at them but there has been an extreme amount of output money and time for very little return i think tim dog am i right it wasn't only five percent of the entire playstation yeah. ecosystem even interested in vr five million yeah people. it was it supposedly sold around i mean they said five million yeah it was like uh, five million at the time with 100 million was, sold, yeah, so that was at five percent. the last reported number was five million in 2019 so it's probably a little bit more than that now but um that that oh, just speaks for itself it just speaks for itself that you know for as vast as the playstation ecosystem is place the psvr is an itty bitty bitty little speck of that ecosystem so i could see why microsoft is letting other people do it i mean we've all seen how invested meta is with vr and how much time and money they want to put into vr because they have this grandiose uh scale and vision for what they want vr to be so they're gonna let microsoft is gonna sit back create some partnerships um see what can be uh come of this i mean we've all seen uh how microsoft worked together with sony to use some of their lens technology when they signed that deal with azure we could see this partnership with meta uh blossom into something where microsoft learns how to make better vr sets we've all seen uh the concepts of some of the stuff that vr is i mean microsoft is patented for vr by putting sensors up in the room and like building off of the connect uh like creating and like instead of the connect being a device that just sits in the front of your television and maps you you now put the sensors you know located around the entire room and now you're mapping the entire room um so microsoft has some pretty interesting concepts on the direction they want to take vr i just see them wanting to put more um letting others put the effort into it while microsoft right now concentrates on game pass uh building up the xbox ecosystem um getting some studios finally locked down and creating content on a more regular basis um microsoft has their hands full with what they've already created and are trying to create um and they don't need the idea of vr to kind of get in the way of all that i'm pretty sure vr will have its time with microsoft but until then i can completely see why they're letting somebody like meta handle all the uh the big heavy lifting when it comes to getting vr as a more mainstream idea mm -hmm. yeah no and that's a fair point as well um yeah i mean there, honestly there's a lot of uh, different perspectives on this and i appreciate them all um again vr uh it's a very 
um, a small percentage of the uh, gaming scene, the gaming market. I mean, I'm sure it will grow. I'm one of those guys that, again, I, I like VR, but like I don't have a headset for my PlayStation just because, well, I'm not a big fan of wires, personally. Like, I, I don't know, that's just my thing, guys. I don't like to be tied down, but... That, mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I was want. I think VR will become mainstream when it involves a lot less wires and it's less cumbersome. I honestly see VR headsets should be more like a set of glasses that you put on your eyes, not a big-ass motorcycle helmet. Also more social. The fact that it's mostly single-player kind of stuff, it can never truly grow unless it's there's a real social element into it, like a multiplayer kind of thing. But that's true. Yeah. It's not going to get something like Call of Duty and those type of people to massively connect. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, it's intrusive a little. And, um, you know, I, I always think it's a good additive device, preferable, preferable as they would say. Um, but, you know, I, I like Xbox's approach, put it that way. I'd rather them spend money on making Fallout than, you know, some VR game. Well, I guess, at least in my mind, the best way to describe it in my head is there's a lot of people that climb mountains as enjoyment. There's a lot of people out there that play games for enjoyment. Not everyone is, clown is climbing Mount Everest, and not everybody is playing VR because those are just a very niche, small group of people in a much bigger uh, market, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it absolutely does, Centurion, and uh, yeah, again, we'll see, uh, you know, as time goes on, as the technology improves, how things go, and, uh, you know, we'll get better games as time goes on. Like, again, I just, once you have the right developers working on certain games for VR, and they get their hands on it, then, again, you'll start to see... Uh, the fruits of it. Again, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, with Armature, Camouflage, and even Twisted Pixel under Meta's uh, uh, arm. We'll see what kind of games they make. Uh, but, uh, yeah, until then, you know, we still got some time for uh, the technology to grow. But, uh, yeah, guys, we'll move on to our next topic in a minute. But, uh, hey, just remember to uh, smash the like button and, hey, sub to the channel if you're new. Because, again, we would love to have you stick around and share this out. Let everybody know that we're live because, hey, sometimes the notifications don't work. YouTube can be funny that way. And we just want to have more people kind of chime in in the chat and just get involved. But, uh, yeah, with that said, guys, let's move on to our last bit of news. But, hey, it's a pretty juicy one. It's a pretty juicy one at that. And as everybody knows uh, by now, Xbox's Phil Spencer, well, he loves to tease things. Uh, that Phil, he's a teaser, especially by placing things on his shelf. Well, in a Twitter post celebrating Bethesda's, uh, what, 25th anniversary? Yeah, 25th anniversary of the Fallout franchise. Uh, Phil posted a picture of his shelf, and on the top shelf is a device that we haven't seen before, but it kind of looks like uh, like the Xbox Series S. It's white, but it's not quite like it in a lot of ways It's uh, the, by the size of it. Uh, many are speculating that this is the Xbox Keystone streaming device, but again, I guess time will tell. Uh, Tim, buddy, I'll head to you first on this one. Uh, Phil definitely loves to tease uh, things, uh, so this just can't be random by him. 
Uh, do you believe that we will see an official announcement of this streaming device soon? Or Because, again, I can't imagine him just kind of putting it out there just for nothing. Uh, yeah, I do think this has been a long time. Uh, a long time in going, you know. I, 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 so I, I heard at one time... Uh, it was a real focus, like, you know, they thought they can get away with just having this. So, um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that you see what they're doing. They're integrating in TV. They're integrating in uh, PC, uh, that metaverse thing that just came out. I, I don't know. It's better force or whatever it's called. Um, so this is a logical step. Uh, I think that was a prototype, but I think it's probably realistic. Uh, you probably have a spot for the wireless card and some, you know, uh, some, you know, you know, uh, Ethernet uh, to to get the, you know, but a very small device probably can hide behind your TV or on top of your TV. Uh, to, for him to show that means that. Uh, I think that it's possible release this year, this holiday. Um, but uh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming just like, you know, it's, it's Xbox coming to LG, you know, and and their their television suites and stuff like that. Uh, their plan is to get as many people on the the cloud as possible, as many gamers as they can be, and uh, quite frankly. Uh, judging by the TV, uh, I do think this device, if you wire it or Ethernet, is suitable to game on. Like, you know, if it's $99, at the end of the day, uh, if you can get $99 in a free membership or a membership of $15 a month and you're getting games on a regular basis, even though that, that you're just on the cloud, uh, it's, you know, it's a very good device. Think about it. Um, and it's going to be 99 bucks most likely. And uh, it's just, you know, it's part of their vision. And that's why he put it up. Uh, I don't think it's, uh, he, I think he did it for a reason. He might have jumped the gun a little. But, um, yeah, they, they, they see, they see, uh, you just got to listen to what they talk about. Three billion gamers. So nothing's... I, I do think they'll have it. Uh, I could see it be uh, on, uh, you know, certain T-Mobile or, you know, certain networks where, you know, they have... Uh, they come to an agreement. Uh, and you could see some of that stuff. Like, uh, it's going to be all over the place. It's going to be on your phone natively. It's going to be on your TV uh, you can plug it in just like a Chromecast. Uh, you know, their 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 vision is broad. Um, and, uh, it's encompassing, and this is just all part of the the gradual step to it. Uh, but for him to show it means it's close to being ready. So I do think a holiday could come out, uh, or it can come out next year. All right. All right. Yeah, because, I mean, again, with uh, Phil kind of teasing this, it just it seems like it's just around the corner. And if he's teasing it, I just I have a feeling he's excited yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Like he would. I don't just think he was there. supposed to do that, to be honest. 
<laughs> he was not. He got yelled at. What, what are they going to do? Fire him? Uh... <laughs> yeah. No. Sometimes Phil does that, though. And, uh... Yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah. I can just I can appreciate that though, just being excited about you know it's something, game. Yeah. right? Like, I think I, he's trying to give us something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, if there's no big games coming out, it's nice to tease some kind of new hardware that's uh, coming down the pipeline, right? Yeah. So, right. keeps us talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we, I mean, really, I mean, we've had a lot to talk about too, especially within the past month or so. Um, but. Uh, crusader but i mean i'll i'll hit you up next on this uh you know what do you think about this uh you know i mean <laughs> i guess like, according to some sources phil wasn't supposed to uh be uh teasing this but he did he did yeah um, from, from what i can gather this is a prototype and it's an older prototype of what's what they're, what they're going to be doing it's an older prototype and uh, he put it on his desk because he was given the older prototype as like a keepsake, and he didn't think about it when it was in the shop, and <laughs> it was shown. Um, I do think it's coming out next year. Uh, Jez Corden had reported earlier this year that the Keystone is not coming this year, and so I'm inclined to believe it will be officially revealed next summer. Um, but I... Uh, I'm excited for it. I, I said uh, on my social media that I will buy one for my bedroom as long as it has, and it's supposed to, according to both Tom Warren and, and Joe Corden, it is supposed to have the capability to have the the other like streaming service apps on it, you know, like your Disney Plus, yeah. and your your Netflixes and stuff. And so it's at its core, it's like a Roku, right? But right. it can also do the Game Pass stuff. And uh, instead of just having Bluetooth. It'll have the proprietary Xbox communication protocol, which is why controllers feel better when they're synced to an Xbox than they do when they're synced over Bluetooth to any other device, because Bluetooth sucks, right? It's not a it's not a very good like gaming protocol, right? It it it's it's designed for what it's designed for. It's not designed for extremely low input latency, right? Like we what we, what we need with um with gaming peripherals. So the fact that this device would have all of the crap that you could ever want to stream on it video-wise, and then also the gaming stuff with protocols that would actually make some things, you could get rid of some of the latency issues, because at least you'd be taking your actual controllers talking to whatever device you have it hooked up to. You'd be taking those latency things out of the out of the picture, because we you're always going to have, at least based on how current computing works, you're always going to have latency when you're streaming stuff from a data center because data you can have as big of a bandwidth as you want you could have 10 gigabit per second internet right but that doesn't really matter when you're when you're streaming you need a a, a certain amount you need at least 20 megabit for um for the uh the microsoft streaming you need a little bit more depending on how much how many devices you have on your network uh, if you have a bunch of devices on your network, you, you, you want to be up to like 50 megabit, maybe 100, 100 megabit. Um, it depends really on how far you are from the data center you're connecting to because there is a physics problem of getting the data from point A to point B, what your ping is, that data center, how long it takes the, the data packet to get from point A to point B. And if that takes too long, you're going to see input latency. And that's the, that's the biggest thing. 
uh, that, that's going to be a problem with this. And that's why you see people have such wildly different results when it comes to this. And it's something that Microsoft is basically going to have to push to open more data centers worldwide to, to solve this problem. But for most of us, we live in uh, pretty large urban centers. Um, and for me, it's not an issue. I, I live close enough to uh, a data center that it, it, it doesn't matter for me. I, 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 it streams just fine. So I, I will absolutely be getting one of these things day one to hook up in my bedroom um, because I don't need a full console in my bedroom. I have my full console in the entertainment center, right? If I have it in my bedroom, I can replace my aging Roku and I can stream all the video I can stream, you know, and it'll be great. It just needs to have like certain functionality. And I really hope they're going all in on the, the video processing capabilities inside so that like, even though it might not be able to stream games in 4k, because that's a lot of data to send, you would actually need gigabit um, internet if you wanted to actually stream the game in 4k because of how large the, the data packets would be. But I want to be able to stream my movies and my TV shows in higher qualities. You know, at least like, like, I want to stream them in 4K. I want to I want to have HDR. You know, I want to have all that kind of stuff. So I, I really hope that the the onboard video processing and like it's it's actual. They don't they don't skip on like the the um like the capabilities of the device on the on the streaming side because I think for a device like this, it's just as important to have the the games streaming as it is to have these tv film things streaming because if you're going to sell this device you, you want it to be useful useful right you you, you don't want to just target gamers with it and this this goes back hilariously to 2013 right where it was tv 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 and with the console that's a bad thing because a gaming console is primarily for for gamers but this kind of device, it's going to be hard to sell it to just gamers because consoles and gaming PCs exist. So it's really going to actually need that TV, TV, TV hilariously. Uh, you know, almost, what, 10, 10 years later it'll be, right? And so, you know, I'm sitting here and I, I'm, I'm, I'm begging for something that we hated in 2013, you know? But it, it really does have to have that, and that's really what I what I do want from it, you know? I, I want to be able to play both games and, and uh, TV film from this, because it's always going to be superior to onboard smart TV capabilities, because I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but a lot of times smart TVs, especially after a little bit of time when the apps get updated and everything, the apps get real slow. And that doesn't really happen with a Roku-like device, right? Except that the Roku itself is getting like five to six years old. So I really, really do want this device to come out the gate and come out hot and come out ready. So I, I'm ready for it. All right, all right, very insightful. Uh, yeah, no, that that'd be uh, no, a very uh, good use for it. Uh, General MLD, buddy. I mean, I'll go to you next on this. I mean, uh, you know. Sometimes Phil does these uh, cheeky little leaks, and uh, hey, you know what? Uh, cut off a lot of attention. Uh, oh, what are, what's your take on uh, the streaming device? Again, we've known about it for a little while now through various leaks over the past year or so, but uh, I don't know. Seems to be coming. Um, oh, what are your thoughts on this uh, streaming device? Well, first, uh, the shelf does not lie. So uh, this isn't the last time the shelf will give away something from the future. But uh, overall, I think it's a necessity. 
the, for Xbox to grow. It's part of their whole like multi-tiered ecosystem approach, which I'm totally on board with. I've even used xCloud myself uh, lately. Like, uh, I got my Series X in the basement. I got my Xbox One X uh, upstairs in, in the living room. Sometimes uh, when I'm just with the family, uh, I, I don't want to. I, I want to be around them at the same time, even if I'm gaming a, a little bit. So I used uh, XCloud uh, on Deathloop uh, earlier this month, and it actually worked pretty good. Like uh, there was a minor refresh here and there, but overall, sometimes it it almost looked exactly like I was playing it on the Series X. So I, I think it's definitely improved on uh, on at least streaming on consoles. I haven't used it on phones or tablets yet. I'm sh maybe that's a different experience, but I think the tech's definitely getting better that they're getting closer to a proper uh, box reveal slash release sometime next year. Because uh, I think Stadia, they, they jumped the gun. I'm not going to talk about their business, the strategy. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's more like, I, I feel like, they came a little too soon uh, to the market before the market was ready to really embrace them. XCloud is still in beta and they're waiting until the product is just right before they make it official like the 1.0 and announce the box and put it to market and they're going to wait for that right opportunity and I'm totally on board with that. And I think next year might be a good time to do that. It's, it's got to be cheap though. It's got to be like less than $100. And it should include non-gaming apps too, like like um, Crusader said. Like it needs like a Netflix app or or uh, yeah, whatever apps you need. It can't just be about Game Pass. Otherwise, the broader market you're trying to reach might not go for it. It needs that multi-layered approach at the same time. Now, like it just makes me well think now in 2023. Like you got the acquisition closing, you got Starfield, Redfall, all these games, and now you got this coming out. Like, Xbox will be hitting on multiple fronts. This is going to be shaping up to be, like, I arguably maybe Xbox's best year ever, fingers crossed, if they play their cards right. But I think this can really work, this streaming box. It, I think it's most effective, like, uh, like you know, like, say in Crusader's example, you use it as, like, a secondary uh, box, like, in your bedroom or something. But I think it can really work in countries with a high mobile, low console, and even low Xbox adoption rate. So countries like, yeah, like maybe South Korea, countries like Japan, where maybe a $100 or less streaming X Xbox box <laughs> might actually be a really good fit for certain countries and certain markets. And I think Xbox knows that. If, if these countries don't want to drop $500 on a Series X, hey, okay, how about $100? And uh, if you have a good internet connection, you're all set. So I think that's what it's all about. But ultimately... For people listening, like for someone who doesn't really use xCloud, I, I play games natively on my Series X. Why should we care? And the answer, I think, is very simple. Every one of these boxes that gets sold is an extra Game Pass subscriber right there. And ultimately, it's a snowball effect. More Game Pass subs, whether it's console, PC, or streaming box, it means more investment. And more investment means more day one games for everybody. And therefore, we all benefit. So we should all be cheering on uh, the success for this streaming box whenever it gets announced officially. Because ultimately, the better it does, we all win. As long as, you know, if we're Game Pass subscribers, that is. So, hey, take their time. But uh, I'm confident they'll do pretty well once they're, they know it's ready.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and you bring uh, good points, especially uh, just with the ecosystem overall, for sure. Uh, definitely expanding that way and hitting all those points. Again, I always thought of the Xbox ecosystem uh, as this, you know, it's taken its time, but it's been this multi-pronged uh, approach to uh, gaming. And I think think it's really starting to uh, take off for Microsoft. I think they're going to be seeing the fruits of that very, very soon. Uh, Again, Google just didn't have, I don't know, it's weird. Google is certainly a weird case. Uh, Interesting technology that they put forward, but man, they just did not have the guts to go forward. Very weird. Um, Centurion, I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, um, you know, this, uh, box, this, uh, supposedly, uh, the Keystone device, a streaming device, it's, uh, again, it's, uh, creating a lot of chatter, and, uh, I don't know. do you agree with the guys, do you think we'll hear something about it, uh, soon, considering, uh, Phil kind of put a spotlight on it? Well... All right, so Crusader said probably summer of next year. There's a part of me that thinks um, Game Awards, like at the earliest, um, purely because we saw the reveal of the Series X and the Series S there. We've seen some pretty monumental things, at least on Xbox's side, revealed over on the Game Awards in December. Um, And can you blame them? I mean, the streaming the streaming market is getting extremely large. Um, You know, shameless plug. I did a video on this, you know, like just before 2018, uh, the streaming revenue, the streaming market revenue was just under $28 billion. Um, By 2026, it's going to be over $129 billion. Um, There is a lot of money to be made in streaming. Um, and Xbox is really deciding to diversify. Um, I think it's interesting that Crusader, Crusader brings up a Roku. Um, is anybody on the panel other than me and him using a Roku? No. Okay. So <clears throat> getting a Roku helped cut the cable very easily. I have access to Hulu. Hulu provides all of my basic television it has been a blessing to get rid of the cable, to get rid of cable television and satellite. I was a satellite uh, customer for a very long time, and I got tired of my bill going up, consistently going up. And I mean, like every couple of months, my bill would go up. Um, my Hulu price has remained the same for almost a year and a half now. It's been really great. Um, and on a Roku device, you have these screensavers that pop up and the screensavers are like advertisements. I mean, they're advertising stuff for Roku, um, um, uh, and the different services that basically partner up with Roku for these advertisements. So there's advertising revenue that can be generated with these, uh, devices, on top of that, Microsoft has, outside of the games, Microsoft has a pretty hefty online library of movies and television shows. By creating a device like this, you will now have um, instant access to the, to the Microsoft Store and your digital libraries for, the, for us that have already invested into that ecosystem and purchasing content. We yep. will now be able to get to that content without having to have an Xbox console or a PC. 
Um, and it goes beyond that. Like, obviously, as cloud gaming, as we touched on, gets better, we could start seeing Game Pass. It is basically giving Microsoft a a window to the consumers of the Xbox ecosystem. You could literally be walking by, not a gamer, and one of your little screensavers pops up and shows you a game that piques your interest, and all of a sudden you now want to get an Xbox or get on the PC and check out the ecosystem. And it, it's kind of like, you know, hook, line, and sinker. You know, you're reeling them in, you're fishing for them, and this is just another avenue for that. Um, the device itself, the keystone, um, I did a, like, on my video on the thumbnail, I did a mock-up of it, and the funny part is I used the Xbox One S um, all digital edition because this goes back to a long time ago and Tim dog was probably there on that episode with dealer gaming, uh, where Brad Sams came out and said that he had personally seen the keystone device and it looked like an Xbox one S and that is what we saw on the top of the shelf. This is definitely for sure an early prototype of that device. They have probably now either scaled it down or, they have decided to go in and change some of the technology. Uh, you know, we all, when that device was originally created, machine learning was something that was not very mainstream. Now, machine learning is something that is a very big deal, especially when it comes to um, streaming and being able to get to get games and other things running in a more optimized level, because machine learning is able to fill in those bits and pieces. Um, I really do hope this device does hit that $100 price point because I mean, that is going to get a lot of people into uh, the Xbox ecosystem, at least as a, as a complete, just, I don't even want to say the term casual, but somebody that just wants this device because of what it's going to offer and it's going to slowly bring them closer and closer into being fully invested into the Xbox ecosystem and everything else that uh, Microsoft can offer with this device. I want to get one of these devices because we all know um, that we, you know, we have those moments where we travel and we want to pack our consoles with us. You know, who want like we also know those nightmarish videos where you go and watch on YouTube and some guy's walking around with his Xbox One X. I mean, not One X, his Xbox Series X, and he drops the thing in the driveway because he's carrying it around. Um, I mean, this is a, a device that would fit in a backpack. You would be able to comfortably put it somewhere safer. And if you did happen to, you know, Butterfinger and drop the thing into a driveway, going to replace it is not going to be a, as a major detrimental thing to your to your wallet. Um, and we all know, um, especially with uh, internet, as long as you have, I think they said that cloud gaming would work on like 25 megabits a second, you would have a somewhat rudimentary game play experience with this device that I would be able to enjoy from a hotel room or a family member's house that has Wi-Fi. Um, the sky's the limit with this device. Um, it's going to open up a whole new avenue of money for Microsoft and also advertising, marketing, getting people aware of what the brand can offer. Um, it's going to be very interesting times going forward, especially um, next year if we have all these game launches, service launches, and now this device to add on top of it. 
Um, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you. And uh, while I'm not, again, the biggest, I don't, or I should say, I don't have like the biggest interest in, interest in streaming. There's a lot of people who can take advantage of that more so. Again, there's a few on the panel that are uh, really keen on it. And that's awesome, honestly. So I really do hope that... What do you uh, mean by streaming games or streaming movies? Uh, just games. Okay. I mean, I mean, we I, can do that. I mean, well, okay, I guess that's the entire package. But, like, I'm just talking about, like, another device in, like, this multi-pronged uh, trident or whatever you want to call it that, uh, again, that Microsoft and Xbox are bringing forward here, right? So to really talk about the benefit of this device, at least for me on my level, is I actually have a Roku that I travel with when I leave. And like having a device or a system like this that is set up for your entertainment, no matter what TV you're hooking this thing up to in the United States, it is literally bringing your entertainment with you. And it's literally like bringing a little bit of home with you. It's not like when you get into your hotel room and now you got to figure out what they have to offer. Is it cable? Is it satellite? You know, what? Cha where's your favorite channels? Is anything even available that you're going to enjoy? You literally plug this device in, tap into the Wi-Fi network, and it's like your TV from home is now with you and you just get a little bit more added comfort uh, to wherever you're at. Hmm. All right. All right. No, I, I, I get that. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, either way, I mean, that uh, this uh, streaming device, it sounds pretty cool. And I just I hope they uh, officially reveal it uh, very soon, very soon. Uh, but guys, something else of note, uh, which kind of ties into uh, the Microsoft ecosystem. What do you guys think of uh, the Xbox Game Pass revenue details coming out of the uh, the Brazil Council documents? Uh, obviously, with the ongoing uh, things going on here, it's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, apparently, Game Pass is making some pretty big bucks. Who would have thought, huh? <laughs> you mean the data that uh, the companies are furious released to the public? <laughs> it's been redacted again, by the way. They they had to re they had to take the document down and re-redact it. Not that that does anything. Um, that that information was not supposed to be given to us. Um, and it's it's wild. It's a lot of money. Well, I mean, that's what you would expect. I mean, if you're Microsoft yeah. and Xbox, you would hope to be making some big cash. Uh, it was reported that, uh, well, okay, first of all, they didn't mention Game Pass in name. They said subscription services, but you know it's Game Pass. And, Game Pass and gold. Yeah, exactly. And it was to the tune of $2.9 billion in 2021. So basically $3 billion. That's uh, pretty nuts. They have uh, 5 million more subscribers for Game Pass now. Additionally, it's unclear for the document as to whether or not it was referencing PC as well. Um, it, it said consoles, but then it also made references to PC elsewhere. So we're not sure what that graph actually represents. It may not include PC subscriptions, which is wilder to think about. 
Um, and it also doesn't include 5 million subs that they got in between 2021 and 2022. Because well, at the beginning of this year, they announced that they are at 25 million subs, and that was in January, I think. My, I, I remember us covering it, but I'm kind of uh, forgetting oh, the number personally. Yeah, you're right. It was 25 million, Tim? Yes, yeah, 25 million. Okay. Now. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. obviously it's more than that now. Um, pro probably somewhere in I, I would argue probably in like twenty eight range, just because this yeah. year's been slow. There there hasn't there hasn't been a ton to attract new, you know. Well, again, once uh, Starfield hits and a few of the others, bam. Well, <laughs> I think literally once like it really it could even start with this month. I don't know. This month has a lot going for it. Right, we have we had scorn already, which was hit or miss for some people, right? But we had scorn already. We have Plague Tale two days from now, yes, something yes. like that, yeah. Plague Tale's on the eighteenth, and we have um, uh, the Persona Five Royal. I don't know if there's another subtitle for the the new 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 version, but Persona Five Royal coming out later in the month. And Even it, the so, uh, Riot games coming to PC Game Pass, I think. Yeah, the, that, that, that's coming to, I, I think, is that coming this month? That, I thought it was November or December. Okay, yeah. yeah, see, I was saying it could start this month. It yeah. really depends on what they have lined up for November and December, but it's definitely going to start with next year when they're going to start popping we, off with We them. have High on Life for November. The, is it the in November? Pre okay. Yep. Like, no, there's no, a uh, in November. next week. That was delayed yeah. to December, wasn't it? December, yeah. It's oh, December? now it's December? Yeah, I, I thought I it was supposed to come out at the end of this month originally. Yeah, it, yeah, got it was supposed to come out. Actually, it was supposed to come out in September. And then I thought, I thought November and maybe, uh, yeah, right. maybe it was I'm go December. I'm going, Games I'm have going been shuffled around so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. COVID. A lot of it. So they have November. All right, November already looks pretty all right. They got Football Manager 2023, which is a pretty big title. A lot of people love that, and, they, and we got we got Pentiment. I'm excited for Pentiment coming out. In yeah, it sounds November. pretty cool to be honest. Um, what about yeah, Hello Dark... Neighbor and High on Life are in uh, December? What about um, on uh, PC Game Pass? Is Dark Tide going there? PC Dark Tide will be in on November 30th. Okay. Um. So that, that's good for that. Um, then there's a lot of games that are supposed to be coming winter in winter, is what they said, right? Like Solar Ash, um, Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart is still supposed to be coming out this, quote, winter, but that includes no, the they... 2023 month. 2023, the, the, yeah. the 2023 months. It's supposed yeah. to be coming out this, quote, winter, right? So anywhere, for, it's probably not hitting December because they, they said originally targeting. I think you'll see it in the spring, winter. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. Yeah, so I'm thinking January or February. Um, and then we do have the the like League of Legends and stuff, Valorant, Legends of Runeterra, all of the uh, um, the uh, the Riot games coming to uh to the cloud. Um, so yeah, it it really could be starting here in October, um, with. I mean, this month. I mean, with just Persona and uh, uh, Plague Tale, that's that's big, really big, right? And Persona in particular. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a I'm not a big JRPG fan. I'm gonna. My friends make fun of me because they don't think I'll like Persona, but I'm gonna. I, I do want to give it 
give it a shake when I have some free time. I know it's a forever and a half long game. Um, 100 hours. Yeah. It is turn-based, correct? Yes. Um, that's actually pretty good for uh, the the mobile services, the streaming services. Turn-based games translate really well into the, the, the cloud services, as far as I've found when I've been playing games on them, because input latency literally doesn't matter, right? It's turn-based. It's also a visual novel. Like, you'll be spending, like, a lot of time just reading yeah. through dialogue. So, yeah, yeah so you're right. It, it translates really well to the, the cloud. Um, so I think that that's going to be a really big get for the cloud. Um, and so I do think that those numbers could pop off higher this week. Isn't, uh, didn't Redfall supposedly have a leaked date for late March? I, yeah, Something. it did. I, I have trouble believing any form of dates that are leaked by anything, because mm -hmm. normally if they're placeholders. But uh, if it says it's coming in March at this point, that implies to me it's coming at the end of quarter one, or Microsoft's quarter three. Um... So it may come in late February, it may come in late March, it may come in very early April. I don't, I couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. It would have um, to, I think, because you need Forza in, in quarter two, maybe in the beginning of quarter two and Starfield at the end of quarter two. Yeah, um, so the thing, that they can't, Forza they can release alongside anything else, right? Because like the... the the, the audiences are are just not the same. Forza and Halo proved that last fall when, like, both had really good numbers when both launched, right? Like, they didn't... They, what, they launched two and a half, three weeks apart? Um, I, I think they can launch Forza on top of one of the other games if they really wanted to. It really wouldn't Maybe a month would be safe. Yeah, 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 that's what I... I don't mean literally. I don't mean, like, the same day, right? Like, they, they can launch them, like, a month apart and, and be fine. It's right. uh, it's legitimately Redfall and uh, Starfield that they have to separate because they are closer to each other, right? They're, they're not the same genre per se, but they are in some of the same genres. Like, they're both first-person shooters. Uh, they have other sub-genres that, that separate them, but they do appeal to some of the same audience, so they would have to be more careful with those. Um, but, Tim, I got a question for you. Go ahead. You heard anything about Nexo this year? I'm dying. No, I think um, I hate to say it. I think uh, their focus is uh, the the Game Awards. Game Awards. Okay. Yeah, That's just fun. because, just because there's so many eyes on Game Awards at this point. It's, sure. It's it's easy publication. It's easy <laughs> PR. They have so much stuff coming into game yeah they they're gonna uh they're gonna, yeah, and, they're gonna have to talk about a lot of stuff yeah here. so so like i was wondering like do you think we'll get like a state of play like thing some state of play style uh, thing? i think honestly work? honestly i could see them just blowing out uh game awards okay you know because uh, i have at least eight for maybe all three of them would that I mean, be they had a lot of segments last year I mean, listen, if they could go to, uh, you know, um, the Game Awards and, and not even announce a new game, just give hard dates mm -hmm. for Forza, Redfall, and Starfield, that'd, that'd be, be big. big. That'd be big. See, you know, I mean, listen, everyone makes fun of Xbox right now, and Xbox has no games and this and that. 
you know, all these games that they did have were delayed into 2023. Uh, you're talking about one of the best years looking on on record for Xbox. You know, Atomic Heart, Stalker. Uh, what do you got? Stalker, you got um, the three games that we mentioned. Here, I'm, uh, I'm scrolling through the list for you. My, Minecraft, Legend, Legends, which is probably... Actually, that looks that, pretty cool. Yeah, no, yeah. that's going to be a big game, but that's probably going to be, um, you know, uh, summer. But, you know, I mean, or, or, or fall. And then you could possibly Everything's have, supposed to be before June. That was yeah, it. you could possibly have Avowed mm-hmm. and Hellblade too. And so, we have no. uh, P3 and P4, Flintlock, Wolong. Like, there's, a, there's a ton of games that are coming, right? It's just like... I'd like to see more about all of them because, like, most of them haven't been shown. Like, I, even I'm talking even third party, right? Most of the content that was shown at Xbox's E3 show, we haven't seen much of, like, any of those games since. Now, did you guys notice the uh, trademark uh, a couple of days ago that was listed? It was for Project Mara. Yes. It it had a. Uh, I, I will grab the thread real quick. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there I was a, uh, a a trademark for Project Mara. So I mean, I don't know. You look at the timing, and if they want to put a lot of effort into uh, the Game Awards, if they want to show off a few trailers, I mean, technically that would be an interesting title to uh, do something for. Well, yeah. I mean, it is a passion project. Like I could see it also releasing in twenty twenty three. Um. Yeah, the trademark was filed in Europe. Mm, yeah. It was filed on October 11th. Yeah, so five days ago? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the entire game takes place in, like, one apartment. So. Yeah, it's a small game. Yeah. It's more than a passion project. It's a proof of concept when it comes to technology. You know how they're building that game, right? Oh yeah, like like they're like scanning the entire they're, plate. They're they're using lidar. They're using laser mapping like you normally see on like geological surveys. They're actually yeah. using lidar mapping it down to like when we talk mapping it down, they showed using it on a piece of leather to show the contour and the grain of a piece of leather or the wood grain on a table. Um, uh, they're making some really, really lifelike looking sur- uh, surfaces. Um, I mean, this is going to be a very interesting game, but I-, I think it's also mostly trying to perfect a new form of doing uh, at least, um, you know, we think about it, we're already using motion capture to, to make games that have more fluid movements and character detail and this is just the next level because now you're going to be able to really go in and create some very realistic environments. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I, just, I wonder. How, I wonder what the horror aspect will be like. I'm yeah. thinking more like a paranormal. Uh, what was the one of a paranormal activity? Ah, uh, yeah. Is that oh. the is my thinking the correct movie th- movie series where like they had the cameras up set up in the house and just stuff would just happen? Yeah, like doors yeah. would just open and shut, things like that. And... Yeah, things would change. Like it would be like, you know, a play with camera tricks and stuff like that. Um, I think I'm thinking it's gonna be more like a paranormal activity experience. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if you had some, like, really interesting, uh, like, audio cues as well. Like, you know, you could play up a lot of things, and it just makes me very curious, too, right? Because, again, it's supposed to be a very psychological game, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, guys, anything else to add? Yes or no? Okay. All right, guys, I, I think uh, we'll start to wrap things up for the night. Uh, good show good show tonight great talk all around really uh, i mean we covered a whole slew of things from scorn microsoft and some meta news phil teasing some hardware and yeah just some general banter here towards the end but uh, i really loved all of it uh, to all of you that tuned in tonight it was great to have all of you here and if you enjoyed tonight's show then please consider leaving a like share this show out and sub to the channel as again we would love to have you stick around now, with all that said, let's uh, go over to some outros. Uh, start off with Crusader, but hey, good stuff tonight. As per usual, where can all these awesome people follow you at? Yeah, you can follow me at Crusader3456 on the Twitters. I have all of my um, gaming handles in my bio there, as well as a link to my backlog where you can follow my basically journal of everything I play and on like what platforms and what I rate the games and all that stuff, so... Yeah. All right. All right. Good stuff. Definitely give him uh, a look there, fellas. Moving on over to General MLD. Buddy, hey, great thoughts. Uh, great opinion tonight, as per usual. Uh, where can everybody follow you? Oh, thank you. You guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter. You can find me uh, almost every day there. Gamer tag is Ghost MLD. And yeah, great show. Great, great commentary. And looking forward to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, I'll be curious to uh, see what you uh, think about Scorn once you're done with it. <laughs> well, I'll try to have it done by next by next weekend, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'll put some more time into it tomorrow in the next few days. Uh, moving down here, Tim Dog, pal. Hey, good stuff. Uh, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter. Tim Dog, xCloud Tim Dog, very um, <clears throat> easy to find. Great show today. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff we talked about. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, just uh, had a great time and uh, see you next Sunday. Mm -hmm. Well said, short and sweet. Uh, moving over to Centurion. Buddy, eh? Good stuff. And uh, again, where can everybody find you? I think you're muted. Yep, I'm muted. Damn it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us in the chat tonight. It was a great show with you, gentlemen. Uh, for those interested in finding me, you can find me at Centurion1307, Xbox Live, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube. Um, you can also find me right here every Sunday night on TXR, and you can also find me on Gaming Beyond the Box with Wilmy Hood and the amazing crew over there every Wednesday night. We're actually doing a show this Wednesday, as far as I know. And, uh, yeah, be sure to send a like and subscribe for TXR. Invader works hard and uh, definitely uh, would like to support him as best I can. Well, it's about supporting us, right? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. No, it's just one of those things where, you know, you you do a good job of keeping the lights on in the place, man. So definitely a shout out to you. Eh, I do my part like everybody else, but I appreciate it, but I appreciate it, as I appreciate everybody on the panel. 
But uh, that said, uh, to round off this wonderful group, you can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Also, check me out on Twitter at Invader underscore 1886 as, hey, hit me up if, uh, you know, you want to start a convo. Fantastic show, and we look forward to seeing you all here next week. Also, check out our Twitter in the coming days for something, well, pretty cool. I think you'd uh, all approve of it. Later, everyone. Have a good one.